Truth Jihad Radio is 100% crowdfunded and therefore fearless and independent. Please help us stay that way. You can subscribe at my Substack. That's kevinbarrett.substack.com. Or you could send a one-time PayPal donation to truthjihad at gmail.com. Welcome back. This is the second hour of tonight's Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett, going around the world looking for the most interesting folks to talk to about the exciting issues, the most important issues, the ones that you're never supposed to talk about at your dinner table or it depends on, I guess, uh, how your family members feel. <laughs> and in public, uh, certainly not in the mainstream media. And now we're moving into the second hour with Benoit Kampmark. He's an Australian professor who cranks out all kinds of really good material. And, of course, rather than being well paid for it, he gets to publish it over at places like Counterpunch because uh, I think the better the material these days, the less likely that any billionaires who run media corporations want to buy it. So I, I recommend that people do go over to Counterpunch where there's quite a mixture of stuff ranging from the uh, sublime to the ridiculous. And Benoit's stuff is on that sublime side. He has a bunch of great articles out. The one that grabbed my attention, though, last week was on Julian Assange's foiled escape. It turns out that the story of how the CIA bugged the Ecuadorian embassy is, well, shall we say, quite interesting. So we'll talk about that and maybe some of Benoit's other articles. As I said, he cranks them out quite rapidly, and they're quite good. He's written about thieving banksters and, and Biden's blunders, uh, the global military spending situation, and more. So let's get into it. Hey, welcome, Benoit Kempmark. Good to have Pleasure you Pleasure to be with you, Kevin, as always. Well, I'm glad you're still drawing attention to Julian Assange because, you know, this poor guy is almost being martyred uh, for the crime of exposing the collateral murder of uh, the U.S. Iraqi operations. And it's uh, it's just a real shame what happened to him. And uh, your, your latest article goes into some of the details about how he had an escape plan and it was foiled by the CIA connections, some really dubious CIA Sheldon Edelstein type connections. And the key figure I noticed is a guy named David Morales, which is odd because a key figure in the JFK assassination is also a CIA operative named David Morales, who started shooting his mouth off about participating in killing Kennedy and then suddenly turned up dead uh, way back in the day. So anyway, this 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 David Morales is is a key player in foiling Assange's escape and uh, continuing his crucifixion. So uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, certainly, Kevin. Well, um, as you rightly point out, these very, very curious connections uh, of history and, and high convergences and whatnot. But uh, the, the key to remember here, and this is the um, the aspect of the background with Assange here, and, and of course most of your listeners are probably familiar, but um, just to mention that there was this period when he was – um, actually, <clears throat> of course, uh, in the Ecuadorian embassy. And during the course of that period, there were certain arrangements made with security, as it were, in terms of securing um, infrastructure, uh, surveillance and so on. Now, what was curious about that particular time was that the then head of the Ecuadorian uh, intelligence secretariat, the defunct uh, intelligence secretariat known as uh, Sinain, 
uh, Romy Vallejo, um, had actually brought in uh, UC Global, this particular Spanish uh, security firm, to deal with um, security-related matters with the Ecuadorian embassy in London. What was uh, strange about this, and I do make the point in the article, was that effectively this invited the, um, the fox into the chicken coop, because by doing that, there was a link established between UC Global, the private security firm, and of course, you mentioned uh, Sheldon Oldstein and, and of course, Las Vegas Sands, the casino company connected there, between Morales, who was providing security advice to on that side, and then the CIA. So we got this very strange link where essentially Las Vegas Sands becomes um, a front uh, for CIA operations, because what Morales does uh, in during his visits uh, to Las Vegas, where he spends time at, uh, you know, um, various properties uh, connected with the, of course, with Adelson, is that uh, he's setting up the links and the transfer of information that's going to happen via the devices his personnel install in the Ecuadorian embassy. So we got this very strange link between Vallejo, the chief of the Ecuadorian Intelligence Secretariat. We've got Morales, uh, head of this Spanish corporation who wants to impress who he calls the American friends. He's very obsessed with communications with the American friends. And then we've got uh, the link then with surveillance, uh, with Assange and keeping matters up. And that leads us then to this issue of the escape plan, because where this gets rather weird is that Vallejo himself was supposedly coordinating what would have been an escape plan with Assange uh, in 2017. And the plan was to discuss this with Assange in the embassy, um, you know, with his then lawyer, now wife, um, Stella Morris, uh, and uh, other legal personnel and so forth. And the idea was to concoct something by which they would leave um, on Christmas uh, Day in 2017 from the Ecuadorian embassy. And this is where things, of course, went, um, you know, uh, pear-shaped, as it were, because the foiling issue here was the Morales connection with the CIA via uh, Las Vegas Sands. Right. And people have speculated about Rami Vallejo, the, uh, what was he, the, the top intel yep. guy for, for Ecuador, like, that didn't, it, you know, how much intelligence <laughs> did this guy need to know not to bring in? And this like is that? absolutely right. And I've always suspected there's something a bit fishy about the whole thing. Either he was extraordinarily com- you know, incompetent or is it a suggestion that he knew more than he was letting on? He was playing the fool's act because it is extraordinary to think that if you're going to be head of the um, you know, the security service, essentially the, the top security um, service Ahead then, um, surely you'd be a bit more familiar with the nature of uh, this kind of detail. But what happens in the communications uh, between, you know, Morales uh, and, you know, his own personnel in the Ecuadorian embassy when he's communicating with them and he makes arrangements at points, you know, to download material from the server, you know, in terms of conversations Assange is having with his lawyers and so forth, especially even the meeting of, you know, on December 21st, when that, uh, when the meeting takes place with, uh, between Vallejo and Assange and Morris and so on. What is extraordinary is that uh, there are communications at that time from the head of operations at UC Global, Michelle Wallermark, who actually does say to the, to two technicians concerned, 
Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I may be mistaken on this because they were anonymous in the um, in giving testimony at the Old Bailey in the extradition trial. But these were the technicians uh, that were also responsible for conveying the information, but also setting up the surveillance information or surveillance infrastructure rather of Assange in his meetings. And the idea was there'd be the scheduled meeting between Assange Vallejo, and the idea was that do give all the detail you can. We want to know what's going on because we suspect that something is going to happen in terms of that meeting. And sure enough, uh, the discussion of the detail there was what would happen in terms of um, uh, the strategy. The strategy would be to um, essentially put Assange in one of the embassy cars. Uh, there would then be a sequence by which you'd be granted uh, you know, a diplomatic passport um, uh, via Ecuador, and then he'd be essentially channeled across to the continent, and then from there there would be some strategy by which to get him out, um, essentially of Europe. But, but that was the; these were the sorts of things there. But uh, yeah, Morales was there waiting, and that material was uh, conveyed uh, towards yeah to what seems to have been CIA sources, or as he calls them, the American friends. He kept boasting in these communications about having special links. Uh, with uh, his uh, U.S. friends, and he does mention quite regularly how proud he is of joining what he calls the the big league or the premier league of this. So it's very clear that uh, there is a very conspicuous link here, but it doesn't really put the Ecuadorian secret service or the intelligence service in a very good light, and certainly not an intelligent light, shall we say. (laughs) To hear the rest of this interview, please become a subscriber to my substack at kevinbarrett.substack.com. Dot com.